morning, church. It's so nice to be worshiping with you all. We're glad you're worshiping with us this morning. We're glad you're here. We want to welcome you this morning. I hope that you are enjoying our worship service so far. Feel free to hit the like, share, and subscribe button if you are on YouTube right now. Once again, we have people manning the live chat right now. Uh, we are ready to answer question, any questions that you may have. Um, if you're visiting us for the first time, uh, you have come at the right time because we are uh, starting a new sermon series called The Seven I Am Statements of Jesus. Before we start, would you join me in a word of prayer? Uh, Lord, we thank you so much for the gift of your word. And as we think on these things, God, uh, open our hearts and minds to hear you. Teach us where we need to be taught. Rebuke us where we need to be rebuked. Correct us where we need to be corrected. And train us where we need to be trained. So, we, God, we commit this time to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Who do you say that I am? Was a great question that Jesus asked his disciples. After three years of being with them, teaching them, loving them, serving them and leading them. And he wanted to know who they really thought he was and what uh, they thought he was all about. And this is such a great question. This question is just as important today. It really is the ultimate question of all human history. Uh, who is Jesus? Uh, many people have differing opinions. However, I, I, can, I can think of no more powerful way to uh, begin exploring who Jesus is than look uh, at what he said about himself. To get a more clear picture of Jesus and all that he is, um, we will look at the seven I am statements of Jesus, um, what he said about himself. Over the next seven weeks, we will dive into these powerful statements from the Gospel of John. For centuries, people have encountered Jesus in new and transformative ways as they discover the essence of who he is as described in these I Am statements. My hope is that as we look at these important passages today and the following weeks, uh, it is my prayer that uh, you would journey with Jesus yourself, uh, engage with him as the great I am. I pray that your eyes and heart uh, will be open to see him and encounter him in a whole new way. So first off, just in case, right, just in case you're new to Christianity or you may have never heard of or studied the I am statements in the Gospel of John, uh, that is totally okay um, because we will be going over them one by one in each of the following weeks. So, what are the I am statements? Well, to make it simple, there are seven of them. We have the I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door gate of the sheep. Uh, I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and I am the true vine. These seven vivid sayings all indicate that Jesus is somehow making God present. 
He is speaking as God. In the Old Testament specifically, God identifies himself as I am who I am in Exodus 3.14. This is where God appeared to Moses in a burning bush. And this is when God was calling Moses to go to Pharaoh and demand that the Hebrew people be allowed to leave their slavery in Egypt. Look at what it says in Exodus 3. Verse 7, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land and a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, Amorites, Parasites, Hiphtites, Jibeusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. You see, when God calls himself the I am in Exodus 3, it is a pivotal moment in the whole redemptive history. God reveals himself to his people and comes to redeem them out of, the, uh, out of exile and lead them into a, uh, a new life. God's name discloses who he is. And what he's like. He is the great I am. The eternal, unchanging, self-existing one. Or self-existent one. Infinite, glorious in every way. And above and beyond all created things. He is God. When Jesus applies the title I am to himself. He claims to be God. Not a helper to God or a great teacher. But the divine, eternal, pre-existent, infinite, perfect being. He is Israel's God. He is greater than Moses because he is the God of Moses. He has life in himself and he can give life to us. In these sayings, Jesus is saying that I too am the God who is, I am who I am. Thus, if we want bread, that is spiritual food. That lasts forever. We are to come to Jesus to be fed. If we want light to find our way in this dark world, then Jesus is that light. If we want to find the way to God, then we come to Jesus who is the way to heaven and the gate at the end. If we want to rise to new life after death, then only Jesus can give us this gift if we want care and protection 
along life's way, then Jesus offers this as the good shepherd. And if we want to know the presence of God in our life, then we need to abide in Jesus, the true vine. So with that being said, starting today, I want to show you these seven I am statements in their context so that we might better know him as we seek to make him known to other people. I pray that our study will be extremely profitable for us in our own discipleship of knowing Jesus. The verse is found in John chapter 6 verse 35. Let's just read this one, one verse for now, but then keep our Bibles open as we consider the context that precedes uh, this statement. In verse 35, it says, Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Now, I have to confess that I am not really a bread person, uh, especially when it comes to sourdough bread. Uh, but there is one sourdough uh, that is irresistible. As many, of you, as many of you know that I'm from the Bay Area, and that is San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, if you go to the Fisherman's Wharf, uh, you can get these clam chowder bread bowls. I mean, you can go into any restaurants or any food stands. You can get one of these delicious clam chowder bowls. Uh, they are creamy with big clams in it, uh, not filled with too much potatoes, just perfect. I'm talking about like great. Uh, you might think this is a tourist area, but uh, you'll see, you, you'll be surprised. A lot of local people actually are there as well. And so when I read this passage, this is what comes to mind. So Jesus says, I am the bread of life. In essence, Jesus says to us, just as bread sustain, uh, sustains your physical life, I am, I am what sustains and satisfies and secures your spiritual life and, and your eternal life. And Jesus says, I am the only one that can do that. You can search the whole world all you want. You can fill your life with all sorts of activities, even religious activities. You can fill your life with stuff, all kinds of stuff, but I am the only one who is the bread of life. In order to understand Jesus' self-identifying statement, I think there are several things that we need to understand here. One thing that is uh, we need to understand is, is the background or the context of this statement or to this statement. Jesus made this statement on the heels of the feeding of the multitudes with bread and fish. In fact, as the crowds gather to, uh, to look for him, uh, or to look for him looking for more bread, Jesus is able to use this occasion for a deeper conversation of spiritual things. And the interesting thing is that all four Gospels, recorded this story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fish. But only John here in the Gospel of John has a longer account of what took place subsequent to this and what Jesus said by way of explanation. 
John tells us the next day, um, a large crowd again came to Jesus, and this time Jesus reprimanded them. Uh, take a look at this passage, uh, starting with verse 22. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there, and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but that they had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I perform, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they ask him, What must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Just a day earlier, Jesus gave them more than enough food. But here they are, here they are again, hungry, looking for food, looking for more food. People are seeking here. People are seeking to have their needs met. They are looking for Jesus. Interestingly, people still look today. They look for a variety of reasons, but mostly because they are looking to be satisfied and looking to be satisfied in all kinds of things but God. In the passage here, the people came looking for Jesus, and Jesus basically scolded them by saying that they had only come hoping to be fed again. He said what they should do is seek after the true bread from heaven, the bread that gives life to the world. The crowd took Jesus' word literally. They want as much of this bread as they can have, so they cry out, Give us this bread always. In reply, Jesus said, in verse 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. It is clear that Jesus is speaking me metaphorically here. Obviously, the bread Jesus offers gives eternal life and quenches spiritual thirst. It does not relieve physical hunger and thirst. 
and coming to Jesus for this bread is not a literally literal coming as one might come to a store that sells bread. It involves in believing, coming to Jesus to find eternal life, to find salvation. Note that Jesus doesn't say, come to church each week and you will get the bread of life. Or work for the poor and needy and will earn you the bread of life. Or even believing in God will give you the bread of life. You see, that's what the Jews were thinking during that time. Look at verse 28. They were striving. What can we do to perform the works of God? Do you know anybody like that today? Are you one of those people looking to perform for God? If you perform well, He will accept me. If I perform well, I will go to heaven or at least not go to hell. You see, our salvation is not a work-based salvation. Instead, Jesus is the bread of life. And He gives this bread to those who believe in Him. And that's the promise of God. That's the promise Jesus gave to those people then. And He is giving this same promise to us today. If you are still unsure about the promise... He actually, Jesus actually repeated this call a couple of times in this narrative in verses 40 and 47. In verse 40, it says, For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. And then in verse 47, it says, very truly I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. Believe, believe, believe. The Greek word for believe actually appeared in the Gospel of John nearly a hundred times. Why do you think that is? If you flip to chapter 20 toward the end of the Gospel of John, you will see the purpose of John's Gospel. John chapter 20 verses uh, 30 and 31, it says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This belief isn't complicated. Our response is as simple as ABC. Accept, believe, and commit. It isn't always easy, but it isn't complicated either. So in light of the missions month, the whole month of March, what are we supposed to do in response to the Great Commission? Where Jesus gave this command to the apostles shortly before he ascended into heaven. And it essentially outlines what Jesus expected the apostles and all of us to do in his absence. Jesus said in Matthew 28, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always 
to the very end of the age. This is what is known as the Great Commission. In the original language, these words are a command. That is why we call it the Great Commission and not the Great Suggestion. Jesus did not say, look, if you are in the mood or if it works into your busy schedule or as a personal favor to me, would you consider going into the world and making disciples? No, in the original language, this is a command. And that's why we call it the Great Commission and not the Great Suggestion. And I believe that to fail to do this actually could be a sin. You might say, how is it a sin if I don't share the gospel? Well, take a look at James chapter 4, verse 17. It says, therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. In other words, this is called the sin of omission, which is not doing what you're supposed to do. These words were given to every followers of Jesus Christ. If I am his disciple, I am commanded to go and make disciples of others. On the other hand, if I'm not making disciples of others, then I'm not being the disciple God wants me to be. You see, for many of us, the Great Commission has instead become the Great Omission. So how are you doing with your part in fulfilling the Great Commission? Are you going into all of your world? The commission is not to wait for the world to come to us. It is to go into all of the world. I want to share one last passage with you. I don't know about you, but this has always been my motivation to go and share the gospel since I was a, a young Christian. It is found in Romans chapter 10, beginning with verse 14. It says, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. In these verses, we have a pretty clear picture of how the gospel spreads to all the peoples of the world. Jesus sends out people who proclaim the gospel. And then people hear the gospel proclaimed. People believe that gospel when they hear it. And they call on the name of the Lord and they are saved. This is God's plan for getting the gospel to all people in the world. And yet, there are still approximately 2.8 billion people in the world who have little to no knowledge of the gospel. If this doesn't motivate you to go, I don't know what will. And back to our main passage for today, John chapter 6. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. In closing, what does Jesus being the bread of life mean to us? Or what is our takeaway? Well, I think our world is full of 
so many people who know just enough about God to know what to say and sing, or who would do just enough good to feel better about themselves, who have memorized enough out of context Bible verses to convince themselves they are fine, and who would quickly check the box of Christian on the form, but their eyes do not really see Jesus, their ears do not really hear His voice, and their life is not really in a relationship with Him. They say they love Jesus, but not enough to do what He says. There is an eternity of difference between knowing about Jesus and knowing Him. Here's my challenge for y'all today. First, to the ones who have yet to believe by faith in Jesus. To be honest with you, this passage screams believe. Two questions as you contemplate this. First is that, what is keeping you from believing? Again, what is keeping you from believing today? And secondly, Who else or what else is offering what Jesus is offering? Think about that. Then to the believers, to all of us. I think we could underscore two things here in this passage. If Jesus is the one whom you have believed in to satisfy, why do you keep searching for other things to satisfy yourself? I mean, everything we are or everything we have is a gift from God, including all our material blessings. Don't get me wrong. Uh, The material uh, things, they're not evil. However, Jesus' teaching constantly reminds us that there is something more important than money, homes, uh, cars, family, vacations, etc. It is a relationship with God. If we want life to its fullness, then we need most of all the bread of life, the bread that Jesus alone can give. Only this can sustain us a long life's journey and prepare us for the life to come. If Jesus is the one whom you have believed in to satisfy, if you think about this, isn't he worth sharing to the world? are seeking to be satisfied so think about these things may we hear and receive the words that Jesus said about himself much more than what we think or how we feel or what we uh, have uh, what we have experienced about Jesus in the past may our prayer be similar to Paul's prayer in Philippians 3.10 to know Christ and the power of His resurrection. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank You that Your Word is so powerful and so clear and so consistent. Thank You for giving us the truth. God, I pray for those who are here, who may have come, looked, or are looking but haven't believed, received, accepting Christ, not only as the bread that nourishes the soul, but the blood that cleanses the soul. 
May nothing about the gospel be a stumbling block, but may the gospel be a welcome message fully embraced. May it be today that there is someone who have heard this, who will receive Christ as Lord and Savior and receive the gift of eternal life. We thank you for the glory of the gospel. Father, now I, I ask that you would do your work in your way. Father, draw many to yourself. We give you praise for the gift of grace that has granted us salvation even when we were your enemies. We thank you, Lord, that you once made us desperately hungry and then you showed us the bread of life, Father. And we learn from you as you taught us and you drew us close to you. We thank you that Christ received us and holds us until the resurrection when we are fully glorified in your presence forever. Thank you for this great truth. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us again. Um, looking forward to studying God's word with you all uh, next week again. Uh, in the meantime, take care of yourself and one another. God bless you all. Have a great week. Bye-bye.